My purpose in life is to leave my dent in the universe in absolutely everything I do, as well as to inspire and help others do the same. For someone to leave their dent in my life is a privilege. For me to leave my dent in someone else's life is an honor. But to inspire and help others leave their own dent in the universe is an indescribable feeling. I plan on doing this through this podcast by celebrating my guests and inspiring my listeners, all while leaving my own dent in the universe and helping others do the same. My name is Fer Andrade, and this is Denting. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Denting with Fair. Uh, today, I have a very special guest, someone I've met, but still have a lot to get to know more about. Um, he's been leaving his dent in the universe with men's gymnastics, as well as with other things uh, within school here at UC Berkeley. We'll be talking a bit more about that throughout this conversation. But for starters, Caleb, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, glad to be here. Excited for this. Uh, something new for me. So I'm ready. How are you? I'm good. I'm very excited for this. Excited to get to know you a bit more. Um, we met during the pandemic mm-hmm. via Zoom. So mm-hmm. this is this is actually the first time we've met in person. Yeah, first time. Okay. Yeah. I literally, <laughs> as I was saying this, I just realized that, yeah. so that, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, for those that may or may not know you, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, obviously, I already said your, your name, but sport, uh, major, where's home, etc. Yeah, uh, my name is Caleb Rickard. I'm a junior and one of the captains of the men's gymnastics team. Uh, I'm an integrative biology major, emphasis in human bio, um, and I'm from Chino Hills, California, down in Orange County area. Nice. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that was your your major. So, how, how for starters, right there, how is it balancing that with gym? Because yeah, that sounds tough. It's it's definitely been tough, especially this past year with the uh, like upper divs and the classes ramping up a lot. Um, it's, I think the hardest part is with like when the classes are offered, it always conflicts with our practice time. So this past semester, thankfully with like online and virtual and asynchronous classes, I wasn't having to miss too much of practice. But um, next year, I think it'll be a little more difficult with in-person classes. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I mean, it's been fun, but difficult, definitely. Yeah. How do, how do labs work right now? Um, so right now, I've only had, I think the past year, I've only had one one or two labs. And for the most part, they've been like just videos that you watch, GSIs doing the actual labs, and then you just watch and write down whatever they, like whatever data they give you. Um, so it's been a little more difficult to learn just because you're not actually doing it. Yeah. And I'm like a really hands-on type learner. So that's been a little, a little bit of a struggle. But um, yeah, I mean, just lots of watching other people do these labs. Yeah, yeah, I figured. Um, so let's start back. Oh, that went out one side, right? Let's yeah. Uh oh. And we're back. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, so with Jim, for mm-hmm. starters, right now Jim is going through some struggles on the men's side nationally within the NCAA, mm-hmm. maybe even internationally. Um, so let's start back at how you even got into gym in the Mm -hmm. first place, if it's struggling right now. Um, yeah. So when I was really little, uh, my older sister did gymnastics. And so 
my parents, like, they'd take her to practice, and I'd just be sitting there goofing off in the wherever the parents sit and just going crazy, tons of energy. Um, and so the story that I've heard, because I was, I was pretty young, I was like four or five, okay. and so the story that I've heard is um, they put me in it just so, like, they wouldn't have to watch watch me while my sister was at practice. They could just have both of us in there. Um, but also to kind of improve my coordination since I was playing baseball at the time too. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I mean, they just kind of threw me in there since my sister was in it and then fell in love with the sport, ended up stopping baseball like a year later and then continuing with gymnastics. Was gymnastic your only sport basically your whole life? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And growing up, uh, Tell me what practices look like. I'm more familiar with the women's side and, I mean, mm -hmm. some of the scandals there and, and how yeah. much pressure there is. Is it the same on the men's side? Um, yeah, I'd say it's pretty pretty similar. Maybe not, like, as intense um, because for women's gymnastics, you kind of hit your peak at a younger age. Yeah. Um, whereas men's gymnastics, your peak is, like, now in college. Got it. So... Yeah, I mean, I practice 20, 24 hours a week um, since the time I was like 10 all the way until I graduated high school. So it was just nonstop, didn't really have much time for anything else, but I enjoyed it. So it was... Yeah, that, I mean, yeah. that's a, that's about, I mean, more than three hours per day. So yeah. at, a, at a young age, maybe for collegiate, it makes sense. But at 10 years old, obviously, that's very rough. Yeah. yeah. Um, how, how did... Did it, did you ever struggle, like you said, with coordination, things like that? I like a reason I watch gymnastics a lot. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, not, not as much as soccer, but when I watch it, mm -hmm. um, I'm always like shocked at how that's humanly possible. Yeah. And that's why I admire it so much. So how did how <laughs> are you able to do those things? Um, yeah, just years and years of practice. Um, I... I, when I was younger on the team, I had, like, a lot of older guys to look up to. And so, like, I'd see them do stuff, and I'd tell my coach, I'm like, hey, I want to do that. Like, what, do I, what does it take to get there? And so, like, he'd push me, push me a lot. My, uh, my high school coach was kind of strict and a little tough at times, but, I mean, it got me to the point where I'm at now. So I'm very grateful for that. But, yeah, I mean, biggest thing, just um, doing, doing all the drills and all, like, the, uh, the little pre-steps it takes to get to those bigger skills but gets to a certain point where you just gotta go for it kind of yeah. just throw it so that's that's the thing i feel like there's a lot of risk involved mm -hmm. um in gym in certain drills especially um like i said i'm not too familiar with the sport mm -hmm. but watching certain things it's like what if they land it what if they don't yeah how do you get over that did, did you ever struggle with that especially as a younger kid yeah definitely there were a lot of times where i'd have like mental blocks and um i remember one time in particular there was like this one skill i was learning i think i was i don't know i think i was like 12 at the time okay. 11 or 12 um and i just couldn't get over it didn't want to do it didn't like want to ever try it again and like that point i was like pretty close to quitting um just because like that one skill was screwing up like every part of gymnastics for me. I was just getting so many mental blocks. And so I was kind of over it at that time, but I'm glad my, uh, my older teammates, my coach and my parents kind of pushed me through and kind of not, not so much forced me, but yeah, definitely pushed me to get through that time just because if I did quit, I wouldn't have gotten here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, I think certain skills like that, um, you got to just trust your coach. I mean, they'll tell you to do it. And obviously, like, you're going to be a little scared and a little, um, 
skeptical about doing something like that, but like they know that you're ready for that, and it's just kind of trusting them that they know and that you're going to be fine. So that was, I think, the biggest thing to get over and get used to. Yeah, and if if someone were to be going through something like that, whether it's in gym, any other sport, or really in life, um, just going through a mental block or being mm-hmm. scared of trying something new, because that's basically what it is. It's yeah. trying something new and yeah. taking that risk for, for a greater good. Mm-hmm. What would you recommend just on the mental aspect of things, not even sport? Yeah, um, I don't know. I'd say like what helps me when I go through things like that, like not even just in gymnastics, but personal life is like reaching out to friends and getting their help and their perspective and um, or like friends and family, just seeing having them to help you get through those times. Um, but I mean, one of the mindsets that I like to have is like, if you don't try it, like what are you going to regret it later in life? Yeah. Um, and so I'd rather take that risk now rather than look back and regret not taking it. And so I, th- I think that's the, the biggest thing, just what would you want to think looking back at that moment? Yeah, no, that, that's that's good for yeah. sure. It's a good way to look at things and not regretting, like you said. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if you tried it and failed, keep trying. But if it's not for you, then at yeah. least you learned it wasn't, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, you mentioned getting to this level where you're at right now. Mm-hmm. Was college gym always on your mind? Was, was that something you always thought about? Was it until a certain age? How did that work? Did your sister do a gym in college or, or what inspired you? Yeah. So, um, I, I think a few years after I started gym, my sister ended up stopping. So I was, I'm the only one in my family that, that did it, um, all the way through, but interesting. Yeah. I, um, they have certain, like a lot of the colleges, um, Stanford, Cal, and a couple other in like the East coast and Midwest, they host like their own competitions during the year. For um, youth. Yeah, for youth. Got it. And so I remember, I think I was probably around that same age, like 11 or 12, coming to um, the junior competition and competing in that. And then later that night, they have the collegiate session. Oh. And so it's like two, three college teams and then some um, post-collegiate guys that are competing. And so I remember watching that and just like feeling the atmosphere and seeing what all these guys are doing and actually being on a team. Because um, at the time, my team was really small. I had... Throughout my time in high school and middle school, I had maybe three, four other teammates okay. in uh, on my team. So seeing how many people were on a team, all those guys supporting each other, I was like, hey, I, w- I want to be there one day. I want to do that. And so um, I did like my team would go to competitions like that every year. We'd either go to the Stanford one or the Cal one. Yeah. Um, and just <clears throat> years and years and years of seeing that and um, watching that and witnessing that is just inspired me to push to make it to this point. Yeah, I, I was talking with uh, Cameron Rogers mm-hmm. on here here as well, and she was talking about how close knit of a group and even more like a family the whole hammer throwing community is. Mm-hmm. What do you say? It's the same thing with with men's gym. Yeah, definitely. Um, especially when you get older, uh, I think by the time you hit junior senior year of high school, um, a lot of guys have kind of quit and gone off and done their own thing, and so the guys that stick around you've been competing with each other since you were like 10. So it's like eight to 10 years of being with the same group of guys, even if they're from different states or different regions or whatever, you get to know them. Yeah. Um, so like coming onto my team, uh, my freshman class, I already knew um, Yu Chen Lee, one of my classmates, Kyle Abe, uh, Matthew Randolph, who was previously on the team. Like I already knew them because I'd competed against them for 
eight plus years. Okay. Um, and then some of the guys that were the year above me too, from SoCal or Northern California, I competed against them in the past year. So I kind of already knew them. Um, and so, yeah, it's definitely close knit and especially in the collegiate level with how little of teams there are. Um, they're like, it's a very supportive sport. I'd say, um, like this is, I'd say one of the few sports where you go to competitions and we'll be competing against Stanford, but we'll also be cheering on for them at the same time. Okay, um, that's interesting. Yeah, so uh, it, it's cool in that sense. Um, and I'd say definitely close-knit. I mean, we know pretty much everybody on the Stanford team very well and guys across the country on other teams. So we'll, we'll get to know them better throughout the, our four years here. So. Yeah, uh, you've, you've mentioned a lot um, either across the country and Stanford and Berkeley. So mm-hmm. for those that don't know, would you like to explain real quick before we keep moving forward to the situation with yeah. men's gym and NCAA? Yeah, so uh, this past year in NCAA, we had 15 uh, men's gymnastics teams yeah. that are D1. Um, and then at the end of this year, two of those teams, University of Minnesota and University of Iowa, cut their teams. So we're down to 13 now. Um, in California alone, it's only uh, Berkeley and Stanford that have NCAA men's gymnastics teams. And then apart from that, we got um, on sort of this side of the United States, we have the U.S. Air Force Academy. Okay. And then that's pretty much it. And then the farther you go, you got like Nebraska, um, Oklahoma, Michigan, a lot of Big Ten schools. Um, but in the Pac-12 alone, there's only Cal and Stanford. How do Pac-12 rankings, standings, championships work with only two teams? Yeah, um, so because of that, they kind of had to move us in Stanford into um, a different conference just okay. so we had more teams. So we're, it's a little weird, we're technically in Pac-12, but we're also technically in the um, uh, MPSF conference. Okay. So we're in that conference with uh, Stanford, us, Air Force, and Oklahoma. Um, and so that's like kind of the four teams we compete against most during season. And then we'll get a few other like Big Ten or um, uh, ECAC is another conference in our our group. So we'll compete against them a few times. Nice. And um, just as, as you were explaining right now with how everybody's close-knit, you know uh, each other so, so well. There's only 13 collegiate teams. Mm-hmm. Explain to me. There's, like, three or four guys on your high school team. Yeah. Does everyone basically end up making it to one of the, those schools if they want to compete in college? Um, no, it's definitely very competitive. Okay. Um, so, for, I'd say the average roster for a men's gymnastics team is, like, 16 to 20, depending okay. on the school. And so, you'll have, an like, a the average, like, incoming freshman class is, like, four guys. And so, you'll have... Four freshmen for 13 of the teams um, with 50 states uh, across the country of seniors trying to get in. Um, And so I just had four guys on my team alone. Um, But that's like not even counting the 50 other teams in my area. And so it's a very competitive thing to try to make a collegiate team. Um, And it's such a small... um, I'd say like small community that if you like when you do make it onto a team, that's like one of the one of the greater accomplishments in men's gymnastics in the U.S. That's great. Yeah, I I just wasn't sure how it would work because 
I mean, I didn't know if since the supply was little, the mm-hmm. demand was also like not as much. But yeah. that's crazy that yeah. there's such little supply and so much demand. Yeah. yeah. So no, that's incredible. Um, if it's that competitive, take me through your recruiting process. How was it like training in high school? When do you reach out to coaches? Mm-hmm. Were there any struggles or, or any such things, challenges? Yeah, so um, we're not allowed to start uh, reaching out to coaches until, I want to say it's like second half of your junior year. Same. Um, yeah, so right when that like recruiting process opened, I sent out an email basically introducing myself, sending out like a, a quick recruitment video. Um and like who I was, where I was from, I sent that out to all of the, at that time, 15 coaches. Um, And so I did that just trying to kind of get my name out. And then I think I received back out of the 15, um, like I got like seven responses from different coaches. And so the ones that really showed interest in me were Cal, um, Air Force Academy, Michigan, and the Naval Academy. Okay. Um, And so... Out of all the teams that I originally uh, emailed and sent out information to, those four teams showed the most interest, and so those were the four that I kind of went with. Um, And then, so I went on recruiting trips to uh, Cal and the Air Force Academy my senior year of high school, and shortly after um, my recruiting trip to the Air Force Academy, I was offered a spot there, and so I accepted and committed there. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so that was a, a pretty... Pretty exciting thing. Um, I'd never, like, before my junior year of high school, I didn't even know they had a gymnastics team. Um, And so after going on the trip there, I loved the campus and the area of Colorado Springs. Um, I loved the coach. And so I thought that would be a good fit for me. And so I committed there and just started going through that process um, because the process of applying to the academy is pretty lengthy. You have to get, like, congressional nominations and all that stuff. So... This is at Air Force, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so um, I committed there, and then around the same time, I got an offer from uh, JT Okada, the head coach here at Cal. Okay. And so because I was previously committed to Air Force, I denied him. I uh, told him I was committed somewhere else and um, pursuing that school. And then he was like, okay, I understand. Like, we're going to, like, we'll, we'll leave the spot open for you just in case anything happens. Um, and then he ended up he proceeded to offer me the spot two more times uh, later down the road, and then I denied them both times again. And then at that point, he told me they're going to have to move on and offer it to someone else. Um, and so I felt pretty good. I was going, um, things were going well my senior year, and then got into the academy, got the acceptance letter, and then um, I think around April of my senior year, I got a notice from the academy that... Um, they were pulling my acceptance because I had asthma as a child um, and they couldn't medically clear me to get into the school. And so I had to email the coach, try to see if he could get me in, get any like loopholes to squeeze me through, um, but he wasn't able to. And so at that point, it was April of my senior year. The school that I was committed to kind of like I I was thrown out of there and then uh, the only other school or like the the only other school that had offered me a spot, I had denied three times. So I was kind of stressed out and a little worried um, that my goal of competing in college would be over. And so I quickly like sent out an email to uh, the head coach here and explained to him what happened um, and just like how everything had gone wrong. And so he was like, okay, we still really want you on the team. Let me see what we can do if we can still like 
get you a spot on the team. Um, and so that was a really quick, like two week turnaround. And within like two, two and a half weeks, I was committed to Cal, um, got into the school and ready to go here. So that was a crazy process. How did that work with applications? Because I know you applied to Cal in the fall. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So top school. So it's tough. Same as Air Force really. So yeah. Yeah. So, um, I applied, I remember when I, um, previously had denied the uh, coach here, he told me, he was like, just in case anything goes wrong, we still want you to apply to the school as a normal student to see if you'll get in and like keep that as a backup option. And so I'm like really grateful that he told me to do that because if I didn't, I would have been kind of screwed. Um, but yeah, so I applied here as a normal student, um, got in, and then after that was when he was able to get me a spot on the roster. Okay, so two things right there. Yeah. Uh, moral of the story and lessons to take away, at least for me. Yeah. One, always have a backup plan. Yes, that, That's something everybody should know. Always yeah. have a backup plan. Yeah. And two, as a student athlete, you got accepted into Air Force mm-hmm. and into Berkeley mm-hmm. without really the help of the coaches in a way. I mean... We all get accepted, but let's be honest, a lot of student athletes get in because of sport. So key lessons right there, always have a backup plan and always do well in school because you never know what's going to happen. So yeah, I mean, I applaud you for that. (laughs) That's that's amazing that it worked out and shout out to your coach for for making that work. Yeah, he never lets me live with that down though, that I denied him three times. He'll uh, he'll bring that up a lot. So... What happened there? Does that work? Yeah. All right. That's better. And we're back. (laughs) Creativity 101. Um, Sorry about that. But as you were saying, um, we were at always have a backup plan, always do well in school. Your coach is never going to let go of that. Yeah. So tell me, it's such a close-knit community. Mm Mm-hmm. Was that awkward at all, competing against Air Force next and then talking to your coaches, getting to know them? Yeah. um, Even real quick, I mean, I'm sure you posted something on social media or your friends knew, like, oh, I'm committed to Air Force, and then two weeks later, it's like, psych, I'm not Cal. Yeah, so I I remember, I think the most embarrassed that I was (laughs) was um, at our uh, state championship meet for the graduating seniors, they um, announced, like, if you are committed to a college, they announce where you're going. And so at that time, I was uh, still committed to Air Force. And so they announced, like, when they called me up that I was going to be attending and competing for the United States Air Force Academy. Um, and because it is a military academy, a lot of people kind of respected that. So it was, like, huge applause, um, lots of people, like, standing up and congratulating me. And then <sighs> two weeks later, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm not going there anymore. Yeah. And so um, I do remember also like getting uh, here and seeing a few of my um, my uh, classmates who I had previously known, and they were a little surprised. They're like, "Oh, like when did when did that happen? Like when did the switch happen?" Um, but yeah, and then competing against Air Force, like all those guys that I had met on my recruiting trip um, and gotten to know a little bit, and who I thought were going to be my teammates, I was now competing against and kind of wanted to beat them. Yeah. Um, and so it was a little a little weird, but at the same time, it was, I mean, it's such a, a small community and even just making it on a team is, is big, so they were happy at yeah. the same time. Yeah, I mean, that's 
that's great for you. And like you said, you all cheer for each other in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, And it wasn't even your fault nor the Air Force's fault. You know, it's just one of those things that it goes a certain way with the military academy. And and that's that. Um, Take me a bit more through when you got to Cal. We already passed this weird stage. Um, I'm reading here on your bio that you competed on rings, vault, and high bar Mm -hmm. as a freshman and posted a career high of... 1400 on vault mm-hmm. uh 13700 on high bar and 13400 on rings yeah how was that season for you um how did you compete how did you feel um yeah it was it was good i mean um on a team like for the most part in college uh competing as a freshman is pretty difficult um not to mention like i think i competed on um high bar every meet my freshman season wow. and then vault was um pretty close like i think i i missed one meet on vault and then rings was only a couple times but um just being able to get to that point and compete consistently uh on a team like this was something i was really proud of um i put in a lot of work the summer before i got here just to kind of be a little more ready um so i would be able to get those spots but yeah i mean i remember um my first meet of the year um hit what I thought was a great high bar routine and then got a super low score and so I was a little little uh disappointed with that but then my teammates came up to me they were like hey be proud your first ever meet in college you hit both your routines like you got to be proud of that don't don't worry about what the scores were um and so that kind of just like gave me sort of the idea of like what judging was like in college and like what it took to get um a higher score uh so kind of use that to fuel me the rest of the season. Um, so the first like two or three meets, I was uh, one of the lower scores on, on high bar for us. And then um, one of the, I'd say like middle guys on vault. Um, and so it wasn't until uh, mid to late season when things started clicking. And I started, like I finally started understanding and um, getting my routine down a little better and cleaner. And so by the end of season, like post postseason, I was uh, one of the consistent higher scores for us on both of those events. And so um, that was ultimately my goal freshman year was just to compete consistently on a few events. Um, and then I, I accomplished that goal. And so I was, I was proud of that season. That's great. Um, I know. I know, like you said, competing on any team as a freshman is hard. Mm-hmm. I struggled with that. I ended up redshirting my freshman year. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that's always been interesting to me, especially with gym, is the competition and how it works. So yeah. for me with soccer, I'm on a team for mm-hmm. starters, and then the score is measured by how many times you put the ball in the net, right? Yeah. Yeah. Here, in a way, it's an opinion, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. how do you deal with that? Um, you mentioned that you felt good about your performance, mm-hmm. and then somebody had an opinion that said otherwise. Yeah. How do you balance that? Um, how do you work with the judges if that's not something you can control and like focusing only on what you can control? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, to a certain extent, there is like only so much that you can do to improve your scores in gymnastics. Um, that's one of the... Uh, things that kind of sucks about the sport is you could do amazing one week and the judges could be like just extra extra hard that week and score super low and then you could do mediocre the next week have some easier judging and score a career high um and so 
that is something that like we kind of struggle with in the sport is just the inconsistency of the scoring. Um, but I mean, for us, like on the team, we kind of throughout season get to know what a good routine feels like. And then for like watching your teammates, what a good routine looks like for them. Um, and regardless of the score, like just being proud of hitting a routine, hitting it cleanly to like the best of your ability. Um, so one thing that we really focused on this past season uh, was just forgetting about the scores, not watching the scores as they popped up and just using the energy of hit routines to fuel us the rest of the meet. Um, and for me personally, like when I wasn't watching the scores, I felt better about my routines and how I was doing throughout the meet versus when I was watching the scores, I'd see them pop up and might've been lower than I was expecting. So that'd kind of frustrate me. And then the next routine would be a little worse because I was stressed out and a little frustrated. Um, and so I, yeah, I mean, the biggest thing in that sense is just trying not to focus too much on what the judges are saying and what the scores are that they're giving you and just focusing on what like your teammates are saying and how you personally feel about the routine. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think that really applies to life as well in the sense that you're the one that knows what you're doing. Mm -hmm. I think something that's special about gym is that you go over the routine you're about to hit all week long, all semester long. Yeah. I mean, you can switch it up at times, but you know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You know how it's supposed to work out. Yeah. And you go in there and you just do it. And if you prove it to yourself, I feel like in a way that's that's what matters, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, I think it's proving it to yourself in, in anything in life, whether that be school, job, work whatever you want, um, yeah. really just focus on what you have to do. Mm -hmm. And the rest is, I mean, oh, well, you can't control yeah. it. Really. Yeah, exactly. Um, do you ever find yourself competing against yourself? Um, the only sport I've ever done besides soccer was one season of track in the 3200. So okay. I found myself competing against myself and myself only. I was, in, I was a freshman in high school. Mm -hmm. Some seniors were by far faster than me, and they were yeah. like committed to track and field as well as cross country, which I was not. Yeah. Um, but I found myself competing against my own times. Do mm -hmm. you do that in gym? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'd say for certain events, um, my I mean my sort of worst events, I kind of try to compete against my teammates to better myself and like give myself a goal to reach. Um, but on my better events, I do say I kind of compete against myself and um, compare myself to like my top scores that I've gotten, the score that I got the week before, um, just always trying to improve a little bit. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely throughout, throughout season and week by week try to compete against myself in that sense, just trying to beat my score the weeks before. Um, if I do poor one week uh it makes it a little easier to beat those scores and then if i do better one week it just gives me even more to push for and work for yeah I, that's a another great point you bring up like competing against your teammates in mm -hmm. that way just to grow mm -hmm. um i i hadn't considered that really because i mean i'm not very experienced with it yeah, but yeah i'm i'm used to competing with teammates as well obviously mm -hmm. but more for a spot in the starting lineup yeah. and, and things like that which i'm i mean i know there's also a lineup for for you guys, mm -hmm. but um, that's that's an interesting way to put it, like competing against yourself and competing against others at the same time, which it sounds weird because I feel like everybody does it in whatever it is they're doing in life. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's a, I don't know. I mean, with less people involved in doing the same sport, it, I think it's, it's mm -hmm. better compared to our 25-man roster competing yeah. for 11 different spots, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, speaking of spots, 
Um, you mentioned that you were in three events your freshman year, mm-hmm. and then you made the jump to all around your sophomore year. How was that in competing for that? As well as here in your bio, it says you were named MPSF Gymnast of the Week on March 3rd of 2020 as a sophomore. Mm-hmm. How did you make that jump, um, posting two career highs? And, and yeah, how, how was that for you? Did you struggle to get there? Yeah, um, so the summer after my freshman year, uh, I was training for the U.S. Championships um, to compete for a spot on the national team. Okay. Um, and so while I was training for that, I was at practice one day doing routines um, and kind of felt my shoulder dislocate doing one skill. And so came back, uh, talked to my trainer later that day, got an MRI later that week, and then we found out that I tore my labrum. Um, and so I had to get surgery in June of that summer. Um, and so that was pretty tough just because I was in a pretty good state um, with gymnastics, uh, going for a spot on the national team and then having kind of all that taken away. Um, And so working back uh, was pretty tough. And then sophomore year, um, I was only actually able to compete um, two events, uh, floor and vault. And so those two events were like the least um, heavy on my arm and my shoulder. Uh, So ended up only doing those two events, which was a little frustrating um, because my my specialty is high bar and vault. And so um, that was something that I struggled with a little more mentally. Uh, I wasn't being, I wasn't able to train all the events. Um, So like freshman year, I'd train all six, compete three. Sophomore year, train two, compete one or two every week. And so that was a little mentally draining. Um, And that kind of is what fueled me to get to this past year where I competed um, almost all around. Uh, But yeah, I mean, that was... uh, I remember thinking like I couldn't give as much to my team as I was in the past. And so the few events that I was able to, I kind of had to just do as much as I could and like everything possible in order to help them. And so that meet that I did get, uh, MPSF Gymnast of the Week, um, hit one of the uh, best floor routines I've done and then ended up sticking my vault. Um, and so, yeah, I think that was the that was the highlight of that season, definitely. Um, just competing those two events to the best of my ability. Um, and kind of like I said earlier, it's just didn't matter what score I got. I felt like I did the best I possibly could, and that was what I was happy with. Yeah. Um, I did not know about that injury. Yeah. Um, so that was between your freshman and sophomore year. You struggled. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned that your focus was doing whatever you can to, to contribute to your team. Mm-hmm. At any point, did you struggle to find that mentality? I know for many people it's like, you know what? I don't feel like doing anything or I, I'd, if I'm not like fully in, I don't want to compete at all. I, at least I know many people that are yeah. like that. So yeah. if you did, did you, how did you like pass on that challenge? And Yeah. Um, yeah, that was definitely a struggle. Uh, I got surgery in June and then um, pretty much all the summer I was in a sling, couldn't do anything. And then I uh, come back for school in August, uh, preseason starting and I'm not allowed to do like anything. Can't put support on my arms. Um, most I can do is like jog around the floor, do some, um, some like miles on a, on a stationary bike. And so, uh, that was definitely tough, um, because I wanted to contribute, but I physically just couldn't. Yeah. And so going to practice and seeing all my teammates do like, um, 
some like just having fun doing doing what they love to do with gymnastics and me just having to kind of sit in the corner and just do some conditioning um, was not very fun and I definitely struggled with that um, but one of my older teammates at the time um, he kind of went through a similar injury uh, his freshman year and so him just like kind of explaining to me what he went through and um, understanding that like I'm not the only person going through that struggle. Uh, it's a very common thing in our sport, injuries like that. So um, just understanding that, like, if I if I can't do anything physically to help the team, I got to help them as much as I can emotionally and mentally. And so that's kind of when it clicked for me that, like, I got to stop being sorry for myself and, um, like, I'm not the only person going through this. And so that was when it kind of switched. And then... Um, my main goal was to help like push them as much as I could from the sidelines. And then as the season went on was when I was able to start doing more and more and then uh, eventually being able to compete again. And so, um, but yeah, for that first first semester that year, uh, a lot of it just came down to trying to help the team mentally um, and like pushing them when they were having hard days in practice and they were tired and sore um, when I was feeling good because I hadn't done anything. And so just pushing them to kind of work through those hard days and get to the best point that they could. That's, that's an amazing way to put it. Um, and I'm sure many people can learn from that because too many times the self-ego mm-hmm. just pushes that out of the way. You know, if yeah. I'm not there, then, then I don't care about the team. Yeah. If I'm not playing, then I don't care about the team. If I'm not in the starting lineup, then I don't care if we win or lose or mm-hmm. how my teammates are doing. So yeah. that's something I definitely admire. Um, That's something I I try and do as well, especially Mm -hmm. these two years that I've learned, like being on the bench for the first time. It's something I've learned, like, hey, support the team this way, this is how it works. So so that's definitely special. I'm glad that worked out for you. Your junior year, which you just finished right now, you bounced back. So so tell me a bit more about that. Yeah, so um, coming into junior year... um, after after COVID was uh, it was crazy. Um, How is COVID for gymnasts? For soccer, you can go and run out, but yeah, you need certain spaces. So. Yeah, that was that was something we've like we all definitely struggled with. Um, I mean, gymnastics is a sport where like um, we kind of kind of say in the sport like you take a week off, it's like taking two weeks off. Yeah. take two weeks off, it's like taking a month off. Um, it's just one of those sports you have to constantly keep working. And so this was like the first time since I started gymnastics when I was five that I had ever had more than a month off. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, I remember like season got, uh, season was cut, we ended, um, and then just trying to figure out some clever ways with my housemates and my teammates to kind of keep up with the sport. Um, but yeah, it was difficult. I mean, there was no real way to do gymnastics. Uh, a lot of it was just trying to keep up with your, um, like just exercise in general. So going on runs, doing pushups, pull-ups, whatever we could around the house. Um, and then it wasn't until, I'd say it wasn't until August when, um, a couple of us that were still in the Berkeley area got in contact with a local club team. Okay. Um, and told them the situation. We were like, hey, we haven't practiced since March. Like, it's it's been months. We need to get back in the gym if we want to be ready for season. And so they kind of opened up their gym to us and were like, hey, we're, we're going to have teams or, like, some guys in here practicing. You guys can come in when, uh, when you're free. Um, we're going to leave the doors open and, like, just 
do what you need to do to prepare. And so we were really, really grateful for that. Um, there was only like a group of four of us that were going in at the time. Um, but even just being able to go in there and start working on basics again and kind of getting our bodies back um, to where we were before COVID. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that was definitely one of the most difficult things was coming back after that. Um, it was, my body wasn't where it was. My, my calluses were all gone. Um, and just, I was constantly sore those first few months just cause I hadn't done anything for three, four months. Um, but yeah, so, uh, coming out of that, um, that summer, my, we don't, we didn't have any seniors on the, on the team this year. So that summer, my coaches, um, met with me and one of my other classmates, Darren Wong, um, and expressed to us that they were uh, going to choose us as the captains. And so being a captain as a junior was um, something I was excited for, but also a little worried about. Uh, not only was I a young captain, um, but I was also a captain during a year like this. Yeah. Um, and so coming in, uh, we had nine freshmen this year. Wow. Um, yeah. Big, That's a lot. Big class. Well, without the seniors, it kind of makes sense, though. Yeah, yeah. So we had nine freshmen, um, three sophomores, and four juniors. And so over half the team was freshmen. Yeah. So that was another struggle that we kind of faced. But, um, yeah, coming back in, our first practice as a team was uh, – late October that was the first time everyone was back on campus um and that was a great feeling but also just something that um a like seeing the team together I knew it was going to be a lot of work if we wanted to be ready for season and so um yeah I mean it was a uh, it was a long road but we pushed through a short preseason we we're able to get to get to season and so um it was uh, it was a definitely a struggle, but definitely fun with such a young team, um, which makes me even more excited for next year. Yeah, um, with with your own personal um, successes this this season, uh, you finished fifth on vault, mm -hmm. um, and you had all American honors, if I'm yeah. correct. Mm -hmm. um, how does that feel looking back at last season with? I mean, you only did two events. Yeah, yeah. COVID, but you got the best out of it in a way. Once you you came in, mm -hmm. all American and fifth on vault, that was in in the nation, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty incredible, right there. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Um, looking back at everything you've been through. Um. Yeah. It was. It was incredible. Um. I remember meeting with my coaches at the uh, start of the year when we first got back. Um. And they were talking to me like, hey, what, what are your goals for this season? What do you want to do? Um, and so I had goals for the team and individual goals. And one of those was to uh, All-American on either vault or high bar. Um, and so I kind of just uh, used that to push me through, uh, through all of season. Um, I was competing the... Uh, highest highest start value vault on our team um and then one of the higher ones in the country um and so just kind of using that and um comparing myself with other gymnasts in the country and like what they're doing to score so high what i need to do to score high um and that was just like that was the ultimate goal for me was to all american and so being able to say that um and uh keep that with me for however long after college is is going to be an incredible feeling. Um, but yeah, even to just do it for the school too. Um, 
we, I think the last time we had an All-American was, uh, I think, three three years ago. Um, so it's been a, a little bit of a while. Um, but just like that experience as a whole has just fueled me even more for next year to hopefully win. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just a, a constant push to try to accomplish the goals that I set for myself. I didn't want to miss out on any of those. Um, and if I did, I knew I would have had regrets on how I prepared and how I competed this past season. So I'm glad I was able to do that. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's great that you reach your, your individual goals. Um, you mentioned team goals as well. And out of the 13 teams now, mm -hmm. um, you guys finished in 10th. So mm -hmm. moving forward, both individually and collectively, what are your goals? What are you looking forward to? How do you plan on improving for next season? Um, yeah, so... Like I said, we have a we had a really young team this year. Yeah. Um, nine freshmen, half the team, and these guys had missed out on basically almost all of their senior season in high school. Um, and then competing in college is a whole different thing. Yeah. Um, the atmosphere is incredibly different. So loud and so much energy going on. Um, and so I was a little worried coming into season that they um, they wouldn't be quite ready for that yet um and I was also worried because they made up half our lineups and yeah. so I didn't know how they would compete under that sort of pressure um but I mean yeah like they did they did well they got acclimated to it and um I think this was a good year as like a, a learning experience kind of getting that like one year of NCAA competition under their belt and um taking that with us next year we're gonna have uh, 16 people that have already competed in college um, that know what it's like to compete at this level and then we'll have four incoming freshmen who will kind of be able to look up to the entire team and see that so uh, I think this this past year was definitely a good learning experience for a lot of the guys on the team um, to kind of get used to what it's like to compete at this level and so next year yeah I mean we're uh, we're not losing anyone, which is which is good. We're one of the uh, only teams that isn't gonna lose anyone on the team. We're just gonna gain some people, and so looking for next year. I mean, we're we're gonna, probably gonna start ranked in tenth, um, and I'm hoping to break into top five if we can as a team, um, and then yeah, individually get some more as a team, uh, individual All Americans, and um, get some guys back up on the podium. For sure, yeah, yeah. That, that looks like. Good goals, and I when I asked that question, I had forgot that the half of your team was freshmen. So, yeah. so I'm sure next season will be amazing for you guys. Way more experienced, yeah. and and you guys will be yeah ready to go. Yeah. Um, if we were to trade spots right now, is there any question I missed or something I I you wanted to ask yourself? Um. Shoot. Uh. I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, you, you had a lot of good, a lot of good questions. All right, perfect. Then, then I, I feel like this is the the end of this episode. Um, I'd really like to thank you for for coming in. I know we had some struggles here and there, so sorry about that. But thank you for for your great conversation, for sharing your story, for sharing about your injuries and the struggle with recruiting and everything. I really learned a lot from this, and I think that most of the things you said apply to life as well, which mm -hmm. is very special. I'm sure this will be very helpful for all of our listeners. Um, and yeah, just thank you so much, Caleb. I really appreciate it. I'll be following you guys 
next season for sure and can't wait to be back in, in the stands yeah. and cheering you guys on. <laughs> Definitely. Um, well, yeah, thank you so much. This concludes the episode for Denting with Fer. Um, if you're on YouTube, please like and subscribe and share to anyone you think would like this episode. If you're on Spotify or anywhere, anywhere else, just click on all, all the buttons. We'll see what happens. And yeah, that's it for this episode. Signing off. See you guys next time. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Make sure to subscribe to my podcast and follow me on my personal social media accounts for more. All at Fer Andraes. All links are in the description. If this episode inspired you in any way, please help me out by sharing it with a friend to help them leave their dent in the universe as well. That's it for today. I'll see you all next time.